What's good everyone and welcome back to Kaya's Commentary and if you're new here, welcome to Kaya's Commentary. This is a podcast that offers commentary on pop culture topics, real world issues, anything in between, and maybe even some advice every now and then. Before we get down to it, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Kaya R. Pennington and you can follow Kaya's Commentary on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Kaya's Commentary. Also, be sure to hit that follow slash subscribe button and for my YouTube viewers, click the notification bell so you get notified when new videos drop. Now let's kick it off with our first segment, I just find it funny how, where I give my commentary on something that I actually just don't find funny. Um, I just find it funny how streaming services, TV in general these days, but mostly streaming services, will split up popular shows like really popular shows into two or more parts uh the shows i'm about to mention come straight from netflix but netflix is by no means the only streaming service that does this so this is not an anti-netflix thing it's just i'm on netflix (laughs) um the witcher the witcher part one season three part one comes out in like a few days and then part two comes out in like july mid-july at that uh they did that with you part one came out and like towards the end of february part two came out or towards the beginning of february and part two came out like at the beginning of march they did that with lucifer um you had season five or season six part a and then part b um and they do this with really popular shows and i what i would say is the reason they did this is to uh keep viewership like hey we know you love this show we're not going to give it to you all at once because we want you to come back so we're going to split your favorite show up into like two parts that way it's like guaranteed that you come back and honestly that has the opposite effect for me like I I lose interest it's the same as holding off on a show for five freaking years after one season do I care about those characters anymore do I honestly do I it has the opposite effect for me and it's so funny i just find it funny how y'all would do all this to maintain viewership when all you have to do is you know like stop canceling other shows that people care about and put like you know efforts towards marketing those shows more a lot of my rants these days a lot of my rants these days are going to be focused towards that because i care about it i care about this kind of stuff and it's really maddening um you know stop canceling shows after one season or six of six episodes at that um expecting that to make bank in that time people today don't seem to studio execs today don't seem to understand that it takes time for tv shows to gain fandoms they're not like movies where it's a blockbuster it's a fail right away um certain tv shows they they start out rocky they don't always get fandoms right away so you can't cancel a season after six episodes thinking that oh because it didn't have the amount of viewership that we wanted right away we are going to uh cancel it and then we're just gonna split the popular show up that we were already working on we're just gonna split that up just to keep the viewership stop canceling shows Go do better with marketing and certainly stop canceling shows and then wiping them from existence. That's unfair to everybody that worked on that project. Like, like, I think it was Paramount that did that a few a week or so ago. Like, 
you th these things are getting wiped from existence because they didn't go to DVD or anything like that. Like, it takes time for TV shows to gain fandoms. It's not a it's a hit now or it's not. And because it's not a hit right now, quote unquote, we are going to uh, just cancel it flat out and then we're going to split this popular. Like that has the opposite effect for me. Like, do I still care about these characters? Either they are holding shows off, like they release a season and they hold it off for like three years, um, uh, they hold it off the next season for like three years, or they just split it up. And it's like, I don't care about your show anymore. Like, I don't care about your show anymore. It's, it's frustrating. It's aggravating. It has the opposite effect. And if you would use half, half of the effort to do all of that into marketing your shows, you wouldn't have to sit here and cancel them after one season. And then, again, not just Netflix, but all these platforms coming up with all these uninteresting shows or uninteresting content that no one asked for. When you had content that was good, it, it had people that were watching it, they just, it, it didn't build right away. As often as the case with TV shows. You don't get fandoms right away, that's a rarity. I just find it funny how streaming services will split up a popular show into two seasons or two yeah two halves thinking that it's gonna retain viewership like will it for some sure but like me personally I, do I still care about your show it's been even after a month like I'm, I'm already on to the next like, do do I still care do I I just find it funny how y'all will spend time doing that as opposed to actually putting in putting in the effort to market your show I said a week or so ago that uh, it's really about the progressive public and how they market your show. That's true. But also, if you put no effort into marketing at all, they can only do so much. Like, marketing, that's the answer. Not splitting the popular shows in half, trying to retain viewership. That's aggravating. With that, let's kick it into our next segment. Let's go to the movies, where I give my commentary on a movie I've seen. Today's movie, I think it was... 2014 Vampire Academy. Does anybody remember this movie? Um, and I have my notes on it. So I am going to be, they're going to be right here. Um, but like, does anybody remember? It was based on some books and I actually read a good chunk of the series. I didn't finish it out because I didn't like how one of the main characters ended up with, uh, with her teacher, but I'll get there. Um, so this is not really going to be a, a interchangeable discourse between the book and the movie because it's been so long since I've read the books and uh, again I didn't even finish it out because that made her getting with her teacher made me rage and quit like she had two love interests the teacher and uh, another guy who was still older than her but he's like 20 so we, we're, I, I guess we'll give it a, of the two, we'll give it a pass. And I had, of the time, wanted, if we were going to go with the older guy, she could at least ended up with the guy somewhat closer to her age. And she didn't. And I was mad. So I didn't finish the series. So this is certainly not going to be an interchangeable discourse between the book and the movie. Um, I might mention a few things from the books, but for the most part, this is just a review on the 2014 Vampire Academy movie. Let's get into it. So it starts off with um, a really campy 2010s uh, intro, music intro. Uh, what was it? Uh, live fast, die young, bad girls do it well. And I'm not hating on it because that was kind of catchy. Live fast, die young, bad girls do it well. Like I'm not, that was kind of catchy. So I'm not hating on that. Um, so you have 
Lissa and Rose. Now Lissa is Morgori. Uh, that's that's the vampire. That's the class of vampire. And not only do are the Morgoris vampires, but they are also like they wield element magic: fire, air, water, earth. They wield element magic, and she is a part of the royal uh, bloodline. So she's important. She's very much a main character syndrome type character. Uh, also, the thing about the Moroi is though they are vampires and they don't sparkle um, and they don't really, the sunlight annoys them, but it doesn't burn them. Which, side note, I really like how like a lot of vampire content today is just like, yeah, whatever you think you know about the sun and vampires, you don't. Like in Twilight, even though the they sparkle in the sunlight. It doesn't, they, they just sparkle. Vampire Diaries, yes, the sunlight burns them, but they have daylight rings and daylight bracelets, so therefore they can walk in the sun. Here, sunlight aggravates them, uh, but it doesn't really, like, yeah, if you're out too long, nah, but it doesn't really just burn them. Uh, moonlight, the 2007, 2008 Moonlight, sunlight hurts and if you're out there too long yes but it just like i just i like how vampire stories today is just like it's it's such a like it would be such an inconvenience to just have everything happen at night like yeah no they they get around the sunlight um so even though they can walk in the sun they have element magic they still moroi vampires still die like they still age they still get sick and it's like what's the point of being a, ba a vampire if you age if you get sick where's your immortality like I don't think I ever really questioned that in the books because but then again it's been so long since I read them but like what's the point if you still age you got magic and you were vampire you got vampire abilities and element magic and you still age you still get sick whatever is the point anyway um, the movie starts off, you know, you get that song coming on the radio. So Lissa, Rose, and Lissa's family, they're all driving in the car. And then just, boom, car crash. Like, just so sudden, car crash. Kills all of Lissa's family, almost kills Lissa. Uh, but she somehow survives, and she brings Rose back to life. So now they are, what did they call it, shadow kissed? Rose is shadow kissed anyway. She's been to the dead. She's been to the other side and come back. So they have a bond that allows them to uh, telepath. They can talk to each other in, in their minds together. Um, they can Rose can feel what Lissa's, Lissa feels. Um, and she can also like see glimpses of Lissa occasionally and what she's doing. So they have a connection. They have a bond. But this car crash was just a dream of what actually happened. Uh, so Lissa wakes up and Rose is like, you seem a little hungry. Come to the kitchen. I'll make you your favorite snack, uh, which is Rose. <laughs> Our favorite snack is, let me rephrase that. Uh, Rose is uh, Lissa's blood bag. We'll call her, she's her feeder. How about that? We'll say she's her feeder, which this whole thing, this whole movie, and I don't know if they hit home like this in the book, but this whole movie makes it seem like it's such a bad thing to be a quote unquote blood whore. Uh, now, Rose is a Damhire. I've never known how to pronounce that. I would always say, uh, I don't even know how I would pronounce that. But she's ba she's basically half Moroi, half human. So half vamp, half human. And the half vamp, half humans, their jobs are to be guardians. They have specific Moroi that they protect. Rose is Lissa's uh, 
assigned Maroi. Did I say that right? Rose's list is assigned a damn higher. <laughs> and so, would it be so out there? Because they make it, they, they call it uh, Maroi damn higher masturbation or something like that? Fornication or something? Would it be so wild that you're assigned a damn higher would be your feeder occasionally? Like, their job is to protect you. And if that means giving you their blood occasionally... What they made it like they made it seem like it was just such a degrading thing, and yeah, in a case it can be a degrading thing, but like they just made it seem like it was so like, and it's not. But anyway, uh, so they're on the run. They ran from the vampire academy. They don't know why they ran. They just someone told them that they had to run, and we'll come back to that. And so. Rose offers Lissa her blood. She takes a little stag. It is very sexual tension in here, by the way. Like, throughout a lot of vampire stories, um, you'll have this whole feeding can be a sexual process, an intimate process, or it can be like a fearful process. Like, you have the scary vampires who, who suck you dry, and that's terrifying. And then you have, like, the quote-unquote good vampires who they just need to feed. So when they take a feeder, uh, it's a pleasurable experience. It's it's not bad. It, they can, like, endorphins can make it feel good. This is very sexual. Like, when, Ro, when Lissa feeds, Rose is, like, moaning and stuff. She's not really moaning, but, like, she has a very euphoric fa uh, face, like, it's an experience very sexual <laughs> like anyway so they they're on the run from the academy and academy guards are out and they're like outside the compound the apartment that they're at and so rose is like all right we gotta go we gotta go this is not a drill we gotta go so they proceed to start running rose has some badass moments that shows that she can fight and then we get the big bad guardian that comes in. And I don't mean bad as in like bad. I mean like awesome, cool, ninja warrior type bad, right? Uh, Dimitri. And so he's like, hey, yo, you gotta you gotta come back to the academy. And and I don't know if that actor was actually Russian. Um, I don't know nothing about the Russian accent. It's not an accent that I've like been practicing. <laughs> so I don't know anything about it. That didn't seem like the greatest Russian accent to me. But I don't know what a Russian accent was. I just know I couldn't understand him half the time. So, anyway. He was like, hey, yo, you gotta come back to the academy, right? And Rose is like, uh, to get to her, you're gonna have to go through me. So, she's running. And she's running. She's trying to attack him. And he just says, wah! And she, like, hits her, like, in the chest area right here. Which is supposed to be, like, a special spot that, like, immediately makes someone go unconscious. So, she went unconscious. And she wakes up in the car as they're taking Lissa and Rose back to the academy. She's handcuffed to the door. Uh, she has some... Uh, what's the word I want to use? She has some lines in there that's like... It's supposed to be edgy, sarcastic. Rose is supposed to be a very sarcastic character. Um, on the way back to the academy, they get attacked by Strigoi. Now, Strigoi, they are the bad vampires. They are the ones that I think they can walk in the sunlight, but it has, like, a more dangerous effect on them. Uh, they are the ones that drain you dry. So how you become a Strigoi is that you kill a Maroi. You, you kill your feeder, right? And then you become Strigoi. So these are the bad vampires. These are the vampires that are immortal that don't get sick. And it's like... 
don't know. I think I might rather be Strigoi because, like, if I'm a vampire and I can will elemental magic and I can will vampire abilities, but I still age and I still get sick, whatever is the point? Like, I don't know. I might be, I might rather be Strigoi. Anyway, uh, Rose has never seen a Strigoi in real life. So, like, yeah, they show you videos of a Strigoi as a guardian in training. They show you how to defeat him and all of that, but she's never seen it. And so she chokes when um, they're in battle. She was told to stay in the car, but she got out anyway, and like there's a Strigoi coming at her, and she chokes, and then Dimitri comes in, and he's all badass, right? And so they fight off the Strigoi, and then they make it back to the academy where they um, have to meet with headmistress. I don't even know her name, but she is wildly like, I don't want to say inappropriate, but inappropriate. Like, she talking mad stuff to Rose and, like, all in her face. And it's low-key in a weird sexual way, I would say. Low-key in a very weird sexual way. Um, and then Demetrius like, hey, yo, stop the, the weird sexual threatening. Um, she and Lissa have the bond. So, and the bond is supposed to be this really important thing. So, it's like, all right, you can stay. She has to say, Lisa has to say, but you, you was almost, you was almost out of here, but you can stay, but you can't have any type of fun. You go to class, you go to dorm, that's it. And Rose is like, okay, whatever. So they make it back to the academy. They're going all to class and Lisa's like, we're going to stay like, you know, uh, undercover. Like, we're just going to act like, you know, we didn't just leave for a whole year and come back. We're just... We're just normal people. Uh, there's also a missing teacher element of this story. Um, what was her name? Carp, I believe. Like she was, she was weird. She was eccentric, and everyone noticed that. And um, Lisa and Rose were like, "I like how she's like not like other teachers, <laughs> but like she was weird and she was eccentric." Um, we also see that Lissa can compel, and obviously they're vampires, they can compel, but, like, Lissa, because she's the main character, I guess, like, the person that you're supposed to protect, she has all these main character things, so, like, she can compel on a higher level, so she's compelling the headmistress and being like, oh, no, Rose can stay, oh, no, we can, we can, it's all good, everything's fine, and so that's really another reason that Rose did not get kicked out, because they have the bond and because Lissa compelled them. Um, so this film also is like a mean girls they try so hard to be like we are not some just another teen movie because we're too cool for that and we're too like fantasy like for that while being a teen movie this is very much a teen movie and like they even throw in the mean girls which i don't even know if that was a thing in the book again it's been so long since i read the book um but like, there are the mean girls, the main mean girl is Mia, and her whole backstory is that she dated Lissa's brother, and Lissa's brother was supposed to be, like, this cool guy, and he was actually sweet and nice, but he also could be a player, he's a guy, and so Mia got duped by him, and so she dislikes, she disliked, uh, Lissa's brother, who's now dead, so now she's taking her anger out on Lissa. She stole Lissa's boy, she didn't really steal Lissa's boyfriend, because Lissa left, but she is very much the replacement for Lissa's ex. Um, and so she's pulling all these pranks on Lissa, and she's like crap talking Lissa, and uh, what is it? Is it here? Hold on, is it like I don't 
don't know. It is it's it's wild. Um there's a line Lissa has where she's like crap talk no, there's a line Mia has where she's crap talking Lissa and Rose and she's like, uh she was I don't even know what she said, but she was like, Oh, don't like what I'm saying? What are you gonna do about it, huh? This and that and that like it was so like pipe down, sis. Like you are not the top chick here. Pipe down. Like you are very much replacement and you know this. Chill out. Like it it was wild. Anyway, we also have Christian, bad boy Christian, dark Christian, right? And so his parents willingly turned Strigoi. Um, and so now everyone calls him a freak and they think that, you know, he's turning Strigoi and so he's like an outcast. But um he meets up with Lissa and Lissa's secret hiding spot, which is a compartment within the church, a room within the church. And so they get all flirty. It's a flirty-ish exchange, but it's like no chemistry whatsoever. <laughs> like it, mm, I would honestly say that in this book and this movie, uh, Christian had more chemistry with Rose and Lissa had more chemistry with Rose. <laughs> and Dimitri just didn't have chemistry at all with Rose. Like there, there was, it, even as a kid, even as like a 14, 15, I don't know when I read this, like 14 to 16 year old, I just did not like the fact that she was trying, they were trying to push the teacher student. That's very much a 2010s thing to do. So, but like, no, anyway, um, yeah, so he comes in and they get all flirty and it's supposed to be like, uh, they're together, but he's such a dark soul and Rose, she is seeing what Lissa sees, right? And so Rose is like, no, stay away from him. And she kind of gets in there and ruins that. Um, so let's talk about Lissa real quick. Cause she has this whole main, she is definitely the main character type thing through and through she's supposed to be this really powerful thing um she's like one of the last um royal bloodlines of her specific family because you know they died in a car crash um and she's just she she compels she controls all elements everyone has to protect her but she is so very much useless like it, like i'm supposed to be strong but i can't I can't do magic. I can't levitate freaking twig very much Katrina from Sleepy Hollow type character. Like, she, and it's, it's so aggravating. It's so aggravating to sit here and have to watch uh, her character sit here and be protected. And she's just, she screams a lot. She wants, now she's 17. She and Rose are 17. So, like, not to, like, take away from that fact they're 17 year olds. They're going to act like 17 year olds. But, like, sis you are a vampire and you have magic now the thing about her is that she has she's undeclared meaning that uh she doesn't know necessarily how to wield a specific magic like christian's magic he's fire right specifically he's fire lissa doesn't have like a specific magic so she can't really wield like that but I, I personally hate that trope that I'm so strong that I just can't. Like, it's it's very much a segue into the crazy witch uh, genre, and I just hate it. Anyway, um, I'm looking down at my notes because I watched this last night just to get it all in my head, and I took a lot of notes from it. 
uh, oh, you have Natalie. Natalie is the quote-unquote dork. Um, but here's the thing about Natalie. Like, yes, you can be pretty and still be, like, an, an outcast. Uh, but the only way that uh, they... <laughs> I'm sorry. The actress who played her, uh, what's her name? Uh, I want to say Sarah... Um, Haley from Modern Family. I'm so sorry. I can't think of her name. But uh, basically what they do is they just throw some glasses on her and now she's unattractive. That's not how that works. That is not how that works. But uh, she's the dork. She's the one that's like, oh, I wish boys would look at me and I'm just so shy and I just can't talk anything. Now, uh, Natalie has a father figure, an actual father, Victor. He's old, he's aging, he's McGory, McGory, but um, they still age, they still get sick, so he's sick and he's battling with a sickness, but he seems so kind and so nice, and so does Natalie. Anyway, <laughs> uh, someone is trying to scare Lissa off. They get back to the school and someone is immediately trying to scare Lissa off, and they're like, go away or you're gonna die. Um, they kill a whole bunch of plant, a whole bunch of animals around her. Lissa has the ability to, like, sort of bring people back to life like she did with Rose. And so some animals she tries to bring back to life, but she can't because dead is dead. So if it's dead and gone, it's gone. But if it's dying, she can sort of bring it back to life. Um, so it's almost like a test to see what she can and can't bring back to life. Um, but she doesn't know that. She just knows that someone is trying to scare her off and they're killing animals trying to scare her off. Um, you have a moment, and this is supposed to be a flirtatious moment, but it's just, you have a moment with Dimitri and Rose, because Dimitri becomes Rose's trainer, her instructor, and so Rose has this moment where she's flirting and, like, making out with a 17-year-old kid, because she's a 17-year-old kid, uh, and it gets a little far when he tries to feed on her. Again, apparently it's such so out there to be a quote, just to be a feeder for your specific Marori. And so um, everyone is calling her like a blood whore. And everyone's like, oh, we know you did it with Lissa. Come on, you can do it with me. Like, again, it can be degrading when you do it that way. Dimitri comes in and pulls him off of her. And so uh, later that day, Rose is trying to like put up a front like she's older than what she is. And she was like, uh sorry about what you, you know, saw, and Demetrius like, yeah, it was so uncompletely acceptable of me to think that you would act any other way than a 17-year-old would act. Yeah, yeah, it was unacceptable, because even though, like, she's a guardian in training, and she has a, she's also a 17-year-old girl, and she's gonna behave like it, like, and she, she just laughs it off, she laughs it off, and then she's like, she looks up at the sky, and she's like, hmm, the sunlight, oh, it's so nice, it's so, you know, awesome, and then turns back to him, and he's, she's like, I'm more than a 17-year-old kid, train me, I got this, I can do this, and it's like, that was a weird scene, and it's not flirty at all, it's very much a difference in age, you're like 30, she's 17, she's gonna act like it, and you didn't have to do all of that, um, clearly there's, like, about to be a romance there, and it's just, it, it, it didn't need to be. It didn't need to be. Uh, you're gonna hear me turn in my notes. I'm sorry. I didn't put them on my computer like I did last time. But like I said, I wrote a lot. <laughs> uh, mean Girl Mia. We, we cut to the next scene. Mean Girl Mia. She's passing notes in class. And so, like, she's obviously passing it to, like, 
she's passing it crap talking this right so the teacher sees he takes the note from her and you, she's obviously like no please don't read it in front of the entire class which he does and is basically shaming and berating um lissa and rose and specifically rose for for uh giving lissa her blood which again anyway um no wonder they wanted to leave, right? No, like, no wonder they left and did not come back if the entire school, including the faculty, berates them like this. And then the teacher goes on to be like, I'm going to pretend that I didn't read that. You didn't have to read it. You could have read it in your own head and then be like, I'm not going to read that in front of the class. Cut it out. Like, you you made a choice to read that in front of the entire class. Um, and then it's like, I'm going to pretend that I didn't read that after you already humili humiliated them. Like, you didn't have to read it. That was a choice. You made a choice to read it. Um, we also have Mason. Is that his name? Mason. Yeah. He has a crush on Rose and he's Rose. They're best friends. Him and Ma she, Rose and Mason are. Uh, but Mason has a crush on her. And Mason is very much a 20 teens type guy. So there is a rumor that uh, Rose, when she was hooking up with that one guy, he went on a lion spree and said, yeah, uh, she hooked up with me and my friend and let us feed from her because uh, they're 17 year old boys and so Mason confronts her he's like did it happen and she's like no she's like well yeah I made out with that one guy but no one else was there and so he has a line that's like oh but where there's smoke there's fire listen pipe down on the misogyny okay like I don't owe you nothing okay you big mad because I like because you wanted that to have been you it's a lie regardless, but you big mad because you wanted it to have been you. And so she's a lie. She's like, yo, I cannot deal with your feelings right now. He's like, okay. And he walks off like, yeah, no, I'm not going to deal with that. Goodbye. What is that misogyny? And then later in the film, uh, when he gets the two guys to apologize to her and she's like, oh, you're so awesome. And she kisses him on the cheek and then walks away. And he's like, dang, I did all it is only to get a kiss on the cheek. Ouch. I don't owe you anything. I didn't owe you a kiss on the cheek. Like, my God. My God. Very much a 2010s. I'm nice and I'm, you know, awesome. And we've been friends for a while. So automatically I should, like, be in the contest for your body. Like, <sighs> anyway. Um, yeah, Mason is very much a 2010s character. And a lot of guys do that. Even Peter. But we get Peter a pass because Peter had a right... Peter had liked Katniss from the beginning, but then, like, she played with his, with his feelings rather than let him die when he was ready to die. So, like, he had a right to be upset at that. And then he even still apologized, so he's the only one we give a pass. But very much, very much a um, 2010s kind of guy. Anyway, uh... You got another Christian and Lissa moment where they're supposed to be flirting, but again, they just don't have the chemistry. He had more chemistry with Rose. She had more chemistry with Rose. But they, you get another thing where they're supposed to be flirting. So Rose comes in and she's like, no, she's just playing with you. She likes to play with people's feelings. Like, why would you say that about your best friend even to like get her to stop seeing someone you consider a freak? Like, and so Christian is like, mm, all right, screw her, right? So he, he leaves uh Lissa is like tired of trying to play under the cover so she steps back into the popular girl character even though she doesn't really want to but she kind of gets like out of hand with it like she kind of like starts feeling it too much and gets really like mean girl bitchy about it 
And so it's only after uh, Lissa get, uh, Rose gets hurt that Lissa's like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have behaved that way. Um, I need to go apologize to Christian as well. Um, I'm sorry. Um, so she has a little calm down. They go on a, uh, a regular girl's date-ish, uh, friendship date-ish, uh, where they go buy dresses for the Equinox dance that's coming up. They get their dresses. Rose is a very pretty but very expensive necklace. And so they just get the dress and they come back home to like kind of dress up for the dance. And then Natalie gifts Rose the necklace saying that it was a gift from her father. Um, and then we go to the dance, right? So we get to the dance. It's all good. Everyone's having fun. Something happens where uh, Lissa storms out. And Christian follows her to their secret little spot. Now, Rose has a confrontation with Mia and it ends up with Rose hitting Mia. And so Mia gets dragged away to the principal's office. Um, she, she, the principal is about to sedate her, but she ends up sedating the principal. And then she's going to look for Dimitri because somehow in there, Lissa gets in trouble, right? She gets kidnapped. So Rose gets to Dimitri and then... They have a moment. It, it turns very sexual, and they get making out. They start making out. Um, uh, they disrobe. He takes off her dress. He throws it in the fire. Why'd you throw her dress in the fire, bro? Like in the fire? Why? And then Dimitri realizes what is happening. He realizes that the necklace is a love charm, so he takes that off, throws it into the fire as well, and they everything immediately ceases to be like so hazy, sens uh, sexual, sensual, and they go find um lissa now it all boils down to this it's victor victor is the one trying to scare her off but he wasn't really trying to scare her off he was trying to see how well she could heal the dying the dead right because he's dying he's dead and he doesn't want to he he wants to very much live and so it's like why not just turn strigoi if that's the case because then you'd be immortal and the sickness would go away but i guess as a strigoi he couldn't rule and ultimately that's what he wants he wants his uh youth back so that he can rule so he's like yeah you're gonna give me your entire life force and um i'm gonna i'm gonna get better you're gonna die that's just how it's gonna be you know you don't need that you, you don't need your life anymore it's okay so natalie has been helping him she's the one that's been killing animals and testing her um she turns her herself stragoy and there's a fight with rose before dimitri comes in and they tag team natalie and kill her uh victor doesn't get away either all as well as that ends well for the most part uh, we get another scene with Rose and Dimitri where she's like, you lied to me about your feelings because the love charm can't create uh, nothing from something from nothing, right? So you lied to me about your feelings. And he's like, well, you know, I'm faculty. You're a student. Like, that's the only reason y'all can't be together. Not because she's 17 and you 30. The age gap alone. But no, it's because I'm faculty and you're a student and that would be inappropriate. That's what would be inappropriate um so she's like yeah we we can't we can't do this sorry also the whole teacher thing uh carp i believe her name was she kidnapped lissa and rose and then is like hey y'all gotta run so she compels rose and is like you just need to get away from here now she's been going crazy because she also was someone like lissa who did not um 
have a specific power yet, which means I think she was like Shadow Kiss 2 or something. So she turned herself Strigoi to like just stop the pain that was coming from that. And then we get an end scene, a cliffhanger where like she's, they're in a cave some far off way and they're about to like lead a Strigoi army on the uh, academy and that's the end. And I don't even think that was in the book, right? But it it's very much a... This is not another teen movie because we're too cool and fantasy-like. While being a teen movie is very much a teen movie. Um, don't let don't don't mistake me though, y'all. I ate this up. 14, 16-year-old Kaya ate this up. And when I realized it wasn't getting a sequel, I wasn't devastated, but I was like, dang, I gotta know where they're going with that plot, because that was not the move the book plot at all. Like it's just something that you take at face value. Um it's it's very much 2010s and the whole teacher-student relationship is very much 2010s and the whole uh we're too cool to be another teen movie we're not a teen movie we're so much cooler than that and it's like it's giving a little bit of pick-me vibes as far as movie goes um and actually if we're going like the pick-me route the duff did it better i think the duff came out 2015 a year later the duff did it better but uh it's not bad if you take it at face value it's a uh, um five and a half out of ten just take it at face value realize what it is if you need background noise there it be there you have um take it at face value <laughs> it's not bad and i did eat it up i just i just i rage and quit the book when she got with the teacher and it was just it was whole it was a whole thing um, this movie tries too hard to be something else and it's just take it at face value. Five and a half out of ten. Uh, with that, let's kick it into our next segment, online conversations, where I give my commentary on an online conversation that I've seen. So Bridgerton season three has finished wrapping, um, and I guess we'll get the release date or the trailer sometime in another year or so. Who knows? But I've been saying a lot on my TikTok feeds about, oh, this is Penn and Colin's story. This is Penn and Colin's story. Awesome. And you know it's your story when y'all get a uh, glow up. Now, certainly everybody looked better in season two compared to like season one. But Penn definitely got a glow up as far as like hair and makeup. She is literally glowing in them uh, promo shots that we got, right? Literally glowing. And Colin looks, you know a little better or about the same in season two um here's my thing i am trying so because i've seen so many people just so i've seen both sides I've seen so many people be like so hype about it and then i've seen so many people be like oh i hate pen or i'm not excited for pen and colin Ugh. and it's like i don't even mind pen right like i don't people will get mad because you know she's whistle down and yeah me and whistle down got beef now because heavy is the head that wears the crown and she over here making fun of the queen so yeah we got beef. But uh, outside of that, I'm not totally upset with Pan. People are talking about what she did to Eloise. There's, you can make the argument for both sides on that. I'm not totally messed up about Pan. It's Colin. I am trying so hard, y'all, to keep an open mind. And not even like some hate to the actor because I know he gets hate, which sucks. I am trying so hard to keep an open mind. But I just don't care about Colin as a character. Therefore, I don't care about his love story with Pan at all and I think I think in the books their love story is a whole oh she's like it's a oh um he's helping her get like 
people to look at her, kind of like how Daphne did in season one. She was using um, Simon as a way to get other prospects, people to look at her. Um, I think that's what their case is going to be like, but Colin got the sex appeal of like paint drawing. Like, I don't know why Colin, if that's the case, I don't know. Again, no hate to the actor. It's just the character, y'all. I could not possibly care about that character. And y'all, people will say, oh, but this is his time to, to build up as a character. He hasn't had his time to shine. Neither has Benedict, but Benedict is still more interesting than Colin. Like, yo, I don't care about Colin as a character. That man, like, and I'm trying so hard to keep an open mind. I really am. But they're going to have to completely 180 Colin for me to care. And maybe they will. Maybe they're going to turn around, turn it around and make me care about him. I'm trying so hard to keep an open mind. So maybe I will come back after season three finally gets released. And I will eat my words that I said here and now. But as of here and now, I just don't care about Colin as a character. Woof. Boy, do I not care. Like, I don't care about his love story with Pan. Again, I would just honestly rather these two people have uh, two separate love interests, respectively, that they could get together with as opposed to getting together but I know that's that's not how it's done in the book and you have to stay consistent with who who they end up with in the book but y'all but hey maybe they will make me eat my words uh that's just a little online my commentary on a little online conversation that I've seen Penn and Colin's love story from Bridgerton and how I am trying so hard to care <laughs> with that let's kick it into our last segment Damn You Cancellation, where I give my commentary on a canceled TV show that I used to watch that I loved. This one isn't really much of a damn you cancellation. It's more of a damn you cancellation. <laughs> and here's why. So uh, we're talking about Gallivant. Way back in days of old, there was a legend told about a hero known as Gallivant. This was an ABC um, musical comedy, 30-minute musical comedy, about... A hero named Gallivant um, and so he had a lady love Madalena and so they were you know poor but happy but then Madalena gets kidnapped by uh, a nearby king Richard and she's forced to marry him which you know sounds horrible but then when Gallivant actually comes in to save her she's like it wasn't ideal that he kidnapped me and I don't ever see myself loving this man but being rich ain't so bad. <laughs> Living in the castle, having money ain't so bad, gal. I'm sorry. You knew what this was, babe. We were just friends. We were just friends with strings. Like, this... Sorry. So, Gallivant is like, he's heartbroken by that, right? And so, uh, we pan forward a year. Gallivant is no longer a hero. He's just a drunk. And Madalena is comparing, she's like, she's just so stuck up now and she wants a jewel. And so she's like comparing Richard to Gallivant to get him to get the jewel. So get, uh, Richard comes up with this plan to kill Gallivant using Isabella. He's like, hey, you are the princess of this kingdom, but since I took it over, you're going to work for me or I'm going to kill your parents, right? So go find Gallivant, trick him into coming here, and then I'll release you and your parents, right? Okay, cool. So... Uh, Isabella, Gallivant, and Gallivant's manservant, uh, Sid, all go on an adventure and a journey to get to the kingdom. They finally get there, um, and then Gallivant realizes that he's been duped, he's been tricked, but he also realizes that he didn't even care about Madeline. He wants Isabella, and that's really kind of season one 
it's it's really great i would highly recommend season one it's on hulu i would highly recommend season one then season two hit <laughs> and it's very clear they did not expect to get a season two and they say that it's a very much a I don't want to say in your face it's very it, it knows what it is it knows what it is and it jokes about what it is and what it isn't right um and so it's very clear in season two that they didn't think they were going to get a season two so it was very much thrown together uh and then it ends well all's well that ends well in season two um but it was i would say it was canceled after season two and i there were i think there might have been other issues reasons that it got canceled uh but the main one was that ratings i think were not the greatest and quality wasn't the greatest like yeah you got some moments some songs from season two that hit but for the most part season one ah season two mm-hmm. okay like so we, we let we like the season the series we do as a whole yes uh and i do hate that it like the quality of season two wasn't on par with season one season one was awesome like i hate that it wasn't on par with season one but uh it being canceled it's just mm, that did kind of suck because like if they had known they were going to get a renewal from the jump i i can't imagine that it would have ended the way that it did so it's just one of my beloved yet canceled shows but it's not like a ah fish shaking damn you it's more like a you are right but damn you anyway type thing but i would highly recommend checking it out certainly the first season it's on hulu um with that that's damn you cancellation and that's kaya's commentary if you like this episode do please like this episode give it a thumbs up hit the follow slash subscribe button leave likes and comments let me know any of your thoughts on any of the segments that i had be respectful but certainly let me know any of your thoughts and opinions on any of the segments do you agree do you disagree let me know in the comments down below thanks for listening thanks for watching see you next week